heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Uh, truth be told, I was waiting to see how long it would take uh, before the pushback would start to come. You know, you start to see this thing build with the forced uh, changes they're forcing on people's lives with, with all of it. I mean, everything. Mandates, uh, but restrictions, pushing vaccines. That was the biggest, most egregious thing, I think, putting these shots and forcing them into bodies and putting people on the point where they had to make some very strategic decisions in their life. Uh, Talk about, you know, really, really, truly how unfair this was. After all of the fear-induced pandemic and everything that had transpired, then we had these political operatives and these bureaucrats uh, push an agenda. And it wasn't just here in uh, America. It was all over the world, clearly. I mean, it's everywhere. That's what was so far-fetched about all this. It, It wasn't isolated. And I think that's where a lot of people start to say, what is really going on here, man? You know, I think I'm pleased to report now that I I see what's happening now and you see it out there as well. The pushback has finally come. I mean, it has finally come. Really, though, you know, now it's taken a while to get here, uh, probably longer than I thought it would. I didn't think it would take this long. Uh, Truth of the matter is really. But there is a pushback now. You're seeing it with all of the truckers, of course, the the spark that happened in Canada, which I've been reporting on, on the voice of a nation here to you all. We've had the Canadian truckers out and on Viewpoint as well. Uh, But there's also major talks and movements here in the United States for that to happen. It's happened in other countries. Uh, So you've got that pushback happening, but you have pushback on multiple levels happening where people are standing up. And so I guess my message today is, I think they played, they overplayed their hand. When I say they, you can run with your imagination who they are. But I think they've overplayed their hand, period, end of stories, full stop. Yeah. And I think now people say, well, there's no way we're going to live under these conditions. And that, my friends, is the message today. So let's get started here. And it's an interesting one I want to start with here. But let me bring on Dr. Henry Ely is here. Uh, he's a licensed uh, naturopathic doctor, uh, which is what I love about him. What he brings to the table is different, which is the way it should be. Uh, so we, we sort of cover this thing, you know what I mean? And different elements of it. He's the founder of the Energetic Health Institute. Uh, He's the author of over 200 published works. He's the lead author on a series of peer-reviewed research papers. Uh, He's in the front lines on this grand jury movement to get an investigation. Uh, Well, because what I just started with, people want answers. They want answers. And at this point, we're still dealing with some of this. But I mean, I I think we're, we're making some progress. And I think, you know, I'll start here, Dr. Ely, and I'll let you opine on that. And also this quick comment from Patrick, and it is more of a comment than a question, but, uh, but it struck me with this listener. He says this, please note that restrictions are still in place in Scotland. And, and I get it, you know, it's happening everywhere still. 
masks are still being enforced in shops, supermarkets, restaurants, et cetera. Yeah, we get it, Patrick. It's happening here in the United States as well still Mm -hmm. in a lot of cities, towns, and communities. So we understand. He says here, Scotland is different from England in this respect because we know, as you know, Dr. Reilly, Boris Johnson just changed the rules on that, which was out of the blue, by the way. That was a real, wow, 180 head scratcher there. He said, mm-hmm. we have a dictator here in Scotland. Well, there's a lot of those around too, my friend. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Uh, who mm-hmm. want to keep restrictions in place. School kids from 11 years need to wear masks in school all day. And of course, now they're pushing vaccines and all that. So he ends his comment with, and he just wanted to share it with us, a shocking abuse of power. And I want to mm-hmm. start here with you. It has been a shocking abuse of power. But we mm-hmm. are making progress here, aren't we, Dr. Ailey? You know, uh, Malcolm, first of all, it's so good to be here again. Thank you for having me and everybody listening. Thank you for listening in. Um, You know, when we look at this issue, yes, it's a shocking abuse of power, um, a a shocking, tyrannical abuse of power. I think we need to make sure we're using the right words there. Uh, But while we haven't won yet, and this is the thing I keep cautioning people on, I'm sure folks have read this in my articles and heard me on the Energetic Health Radio with it. Uh, we are winning with what Boris Johnson did. And that wasn't because of the kindness of his heart. Let's not kid ourselves. That's mm-hmm. because some citizens went and actually filed a criminal complaint wow. uh, for uh, murder, uh, making allegations of murder. And the police accepted it and are investigating it. And that caused them to have to, to back off in the UK. Um, in uh, you know, when most countries were starting to see countries backing off, uh, especially in the Scandinavian countries, Japan, um, countries that are allies to the United States, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on the United States to get lock and step with it. And I think that's what the uh, Biden administration is trying to prep for: is a slow backpedal. We don't have to admit that we did anything wrong, or we made any mistakes, or we stole mm-hmm. any American taxpayer wow. money. And then we'll take a victory lap in March uh, when we do the the State of the Union, yeah. and uh, that hey we all we we all dug in deep and we appreciate your sacrifice and you did your duty and this was great and everything and now it's going to get turned over to the state level. Give me a break! Yeah. You don't get to take a victory lap on this. There's no victory to be had for the evildoers on That's this. That's interesting what you say there. That that I'll just I gotta uh, put that in my memory bank. But you talk about the backpedaling. Uh, and, and you laid it out perfectly. I think you are seeing some of that. And of course, people around the world understand that. But here, keep in mind, we're also in, an, in a major election year here in the States. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that is also another reason why some of these bureaucrats and uh, political mischiefs are backpedaling as well, because their reign of power will come to an end. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Maybe that's different in other countries, but here we have what's called an election and, uh, and uh, you know, and that will change things. Anyways, let's jump in. We have a lot to do here. I want to get really to the to the really glory of all of these questions here and try to provide some clarity. Now, this one here is from Viola. Uh, she says, I got fired from my job at the historic New Orleans collection after working there for 24 years wow. for refusing to be PCR tested every day. I got a religious exemption from the vaccine. Uh, I've recovered from the virus, so I have natural immunity. The PCR test is very inaccurate and could cause damage to the nasal cavity if done every day. This is vaccine discrimination. What legal recourse do I have? You know, I I think you do have recourse to consult with an attorney and determine 
um, how, you know, if there is restitution owed to you for discrimination, that's clear discrimination, it's clear violation of your rights. No one should have to be tested every day to go to work. That is ridiculous. That's never been done. That's a violation of our medical rights to privacy. And, and it's just, we, we never test without symptomatology. It's just, this is one of the most insane things that's come out of COVID is this notion that asymptomatic transmission is possible. Number one, it's never been proven. If anything, by the Wuhan study with almost 10 million people, it's been disproven that you can transmit something that you don't have symptoms for. So this is, this is Fauci and friends at work here. And of course, they're you look, just follow the money and you'll see. But I would, I would say to her is very simple. Consult with an attorney and go get them. I mean, we, we, it's time to take the gloves off with this kind of nonsense. And we have to send a message to businesses that employ these discriminatory and segregatory practices that we are going to hold them accountable financially and in the court of public opinion, period, end of story. We're coming for you. Yeah. This next one is from Lisa. Thank you so much for the Q and A's. I've been taking vitamin D and zinc uh, preventively. My friend is concerned that vitamin D alone can cause calcium deficiency in women. And she said we should be taking vitamin K as well. I checked Mm -hmm. my vitamin D bottle and it is just D. It doesn't Mm -hmm. include K. What do you recommend for women taking vitamin D? Should I go out and buy vitamin K as well? Well, it's a good question. It's one we get quite frequently. It's very simple. You want to think of vitamin D as how you get calcium into your bloodstream. And you want to think of vitamin K as how you get that calcium onto the bone for bone health. So a lot of people who are advocating for the use of vitamin K right now, it's not specific for helping to support the immune system. It's not specific for helping to uh, prevent uh, illness in terms of infectious disease. Um, It's more specific vitamin K is for uh, bone health. Um, so you can do both, you know, there's nothing, there's no, there's, if you have too many nutrients that you're taking in, your body's going to do something pretty interesting. It's just going to, um, go number one and go number two and get, get the excess nutrients out. So it's not like they're going to create harm in the body. But what I would say is make sure you're aware of what your purpose is. If your purpose is empowering your and empowering up your immune system, then vitamin D is substantial along with the other things we've previously recommended. Uh, Elizabeth uh, says, my daughter is a healthy 19-year-old college student. She wants to go on a mission trip to France this summer, which will require Mm -hmm. her to get the COVID vaccine, two shots. Mm -hmm. I am strongly urging her to forego the trip to Europe. What Mm -hmm. would you tell her? Is it worth the risk to get the jab or should she decline it and thus forego the trip to Europe? Wow. That's a, that's a very, I feel like it's a loaded question. Let me speak in terms of what I would do if that was my child. My child at 19 um, is an adult and I have to respect that, you know, and if I really respect and am fighting for true health freedom, then that means their freedom to do what they want to do with their body and with their life. And I'm going to support that um, in my child. However, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that my child does not go on that trip and, you know, um, you know, and starting with conversations and letting them know how much I love them and going through the research together so that they understand the risks are significant. The rewards are minimal. And like most kids are so short-sighted, they think that if they don't do something right away, that it's never going to happen. Well, this is maybe where it's a great time to teach a important lessons for all of us, which is patience. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, this one speaks to me as well. I have an 18 and 19 year old and mm-hmm. what uh, you say there is very accurate. Uh, they are at the age where they can and should make some decisions that are proper for them, but mm-hmm. with the right guidance from a parent that can help them, uh, you really do have to question, is it worth the risk? Well, if it's my world, the answer would be no. And mm-hmm. I can give you a whole list of reasons why even beyond COVID right now, what those would be. Amen. Anyways. Amen. Sorry. Now, Malcolm, I will say with that, if I'm providing any funding, that funding would be terminated. So that might end the conversation right there if you just take away the funding, Mom. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you and I went to the same school. So, yeah. <laughs> so this next one is from Sue. Uh, Sue says, I'm a healthy 58-year-old. Mm-hmm. I had the Delta variant of COVID in late August of 21. Okay. It took me about three weeks to completely recover. Mm-hmm. About a month and a half after recovering, I began losing my hair. I believe half of my hair has fallen out now. I read on the internet this happens to people post-COVID infection. I currently take many supplements, and I'm not sure if that's helping, but uh, why did this happen, and what can I do to get my hair to regrow? And I have to tell you, Dr. Really, I get a lot of questions in on this one right here. We've heard this one several times, right? This is this has been a reoccurring one, and it's something I've been hearing clinically as well, uh, Malcolm. Uh, so a couple ideas. Uh, first and foremost is for the audience, we want the audience to understand that recovery time is typically dictated by nutrient availability. The, um, the more severe that the infection is and the damage caused by the infection is, is typically a sign of nutrient deficiencies prior to or at the time of infection. Hmm. If it's taking three weeks to recover from this infection, that's a sign of severe nutrient deficiency. So I would be concerned that maybe some of what you're taking isn't um, and therapeutic amounts or that what you're taking um, isn't being absorbed by the body, meaning that the quality of the products may be a little bit low or there might be an issue with the microbiome. That's where we need to have medical professionals and not little AI robots walking around a a medical ward. We actually need people to solve some of these problems because it could be a multitude of different factors. When we're looking at um, this kind of uh, hair loss, typically there are two things that you have to investigate. One is you have to investigate micromineral deficiency. And of of course, in that is going to be silica is a very important micromineral to establish um, its availability uh, because it's a key micronutrient when it comes to hair formation. You, the, hold on, you're saying silica, silica, yeah. silica, silica, the micromineral. Yep. Okay. Then we have to look at um, we have to look at was there any kind of autoimmune response at the hair follicle level, um, which would be a little bit more accelerated, so or a little bit more, I think, intensive investigation. So what you you do before you get to that stage is you look at thyroid health. If the thyroid is suffering, if a person is hypothyroid, hypothyroidotic, I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, but if it is low, has low thyroid production, thyroid hormone production, then what happens is that that usually is correlated with hair loss, especially in women. So what my concern would be is post-infection that there's actually a undiagnosed thyroid issue that's gone on. And this may be why certain doctors that I have a lot of respect for have advocated for the use of iodine as a part of every treatment to support thyroid health during the recovery and repair stages following the infection. So um, I would investigate very uh, directly 
the a full thyroid panel where we're looking at TSH, we're looking at uh, thyroid um, hormone T3 and T4, both the free and the total versions. And I'd also want to get an autoimmune panel to see if we don't have an undiagnosed autoimmune issue that has relapsed, that has gone into relapse as a result of the infection. So I'd, I would look at this as a thyroid issue until proven otherwise. Well, this is, sounds like really good advice. I hadn't heard that before. That was the best explanation I've heard on it uh, ever. But I think why it is, why I say that is because it, there may be other ongoing problems and it allows you to really get a thorough uh, understanding of your body potentially. Mm -hmm. And it, it may stop off something that might happen around the corner, right? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. the, re we, the reason we test is so that we don't guess when we can know. And that's what's been driving me crazy about just using the PCR solely. Malcolm is we aren't, aren't using antibody testing in hospitals. We aren't using blood viral load testing. We aren't, you know, checking T cells and stuff like that and getting real information that can help us understand what's going on and how this recovery process goes. We're just relying on PCR and then saying, go figure it out to people. And, you know, that's, that's going to end up in situations like this, where people are having, um, there's ramifications from the infection that we are, we're not dealing with. All right. Uh, this next one's from Velvet. Uh, says, my brother got COVID in August 21. Since then, he has had aversions to many foods. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. smell mm -hmm. and taste putrid. Yep. The list keeps getting longer as to the foods that are putrid. He's lost 30 pounds in about mm -hmm. two, two and a half months. He's six feet one, and he weighs about 149 pounds. We're concerned oh, no. for him. <laughs> if he continues yep. to keep losing weight, so questions, have you heard of others with this aversion? And if so, how long will this last? Is there anything that you have found to rid himself of this aversion? Well, the, the issue is going to be with the sense of smell, right? And we've all know that that's one of, that is maybe one of the only characteristic sign characteristic signs of uh, COVID infection is disruption of, of smell, which then disrupts taste. That's how it works. When you smell, your sense of smell is off, your sense of taste is off. And that's something most smokers can attest to. So we start looking at what helps smokers. What helps smokers is most smokers are, are um historically deficient in zinc at a very high level. Um, zinc being essential for the production or at least the sense of smell to have an accuracy in that sense of smell and therefore an accuracy in the sense of taste. So um, we definitely want to get zinc levels up and you, if you're going to be talking about zinc, you have to talk about zinc ionophores and getting the zinc into cells. And so which, what are we really speaking of there is we're talking about, uh, you know, quercetin, green tea, uh, things like that, um, that are going to be instrumental. When you're looking at sense of smell, we've heard people taking six months or more for them to have their sense of smell returned. The people who I think have done the best with this have been really on the ball with their consumption of zinc. And if you're going to be consuming zinc at a high level for an extended period of time, you want to make sure you're also bringing in copper, you know, and so, you know, you can eat things like apricots and stuff like that, which are um, can be kind of a nice source of copper. You don't need much, but you do need a little balance, a little counterbalance there. Um, what I would also say is that there's something called smell therapy. And this is something I think people can get into, Malcolm, with essential oils, where you want to start teaching your body how to smell again. Hmm. And that's where you're going to spend, you know, maybe 30 minutes a day with a different essential oil, 
letting it burn in the house, you know, it's going to, and, and you know what it is and you start teaching your body how to remember what that smell is because mm. while the olfactory nerves do turn over, it's the only nerve we know of that we create new nerves for um, quite frequently. While that happens, the memory of the interpretation is in a fixed location in your brain. So you have to connect the new olfactory nerves to what you already knew before. And that's where smell education can be uh, re-education. I guess that's the only re-education facility I want to be in is a essential oil one. But that's where you can, you can use essential oils, maybe 10 to 12 different essential oils that you do have a familiarity with what they smell like. Burn them, burn a new one every day and, and teach your, your nose how to smell again. You have to re-educate yourself. And as you do that, your sense of taste should start coming back. Mm, boy, I'll tell you, that is cool. Um, the reason is, to share with uh, listeners out there, is my wife, as you know, went through COVID and was very, very ill with it. And she had lost the smell big time and many other factors she had from long COVID. But by golly, based on what Dr. Really just shared with us, now I understand she's got more candles and scents things smelling and liquid things flaming. And I feel like I'm living in sort of a, a, a foreign <laughs> nuance spa somehow. And it's like there's a smell in every room. <laughs> Now, maybe that's why she's done that. I don't know. But she has gotten her smell back, by the way. So there you go. huh? Yeah. And, you know, you can do it. I haven't I've, the, the most successful Malcolm I've seen is with people doing a single scent a day so that it doesn't get uh, confusing for uh, interpretation, especially mm. early on. But it, it is consistent. It does take consistency. It may take six weeks of every day going through some type of smell therapy. Interesting. All right. Very good. Uh, now, this one's from Mandy. Uh, my 15-year-old daughter, who is not vaxxed, had Delta in August of 21. Mm -hmm. She lost her sense of taste and smell. And although it has returned, she still mm -hmm. can't eat many things like meat, most <laughs> spices, or even fruits and vegetables she can. I am, mm -hmm. of course, worried about her nutrition. And she has become tired all the time and mm -hmm. depressed is there something that can be done? Now, this is a little different than the other one. And I know I get a lot of reports in here, like thousands of people mm -hmm. that are exhausted and tired, can't get the energy back. And this right. one here is depressed. So what do you say to that? Well, that's where we, we start talking about mitochondria and, <clears throat> and energy production. In the cell, we have different organelles. We have a nucleus, we have a cytoplasm, we have the cell wall, but we also have organelles within there, the most important, in my opinion, are mitochondria, most important because they produce energy. When mitochondria are producing energy, the body has a tendency to heal itself, it, you know, and, and the more energy that mitochondria produce, the more rapid the healing. For example, I got sick for the first time in two years, Malcolm, on Friday, I had symptoms, I had a fever by Friday night. Saturday, I was down for the whole day, um, couldn't do anything. Sunday, I was able to work a full day again. It's what we, if we are really understanding health and we're understanding how nutrition plays an essential role, we are understanding that health can be determined not merely by the absence of ever getting sick, but really by if you do get sick, how quickly do you recover? You know, and so, you know, I was really happy and grateful that I recovered so, you know, quickly as I would expect. You know, I put a lot of nutrients into my body and things like that. But what we want to get into. Um, with the situation like this is understand the role nutrients play in recovery post 
infection because there is damage post-infection. We know the spike protein itself is injurious, right? Mm -hmm. So when we look at this, we have to understand that we have to take care of mitochondria and that's where multivitamin comes in. One of the things that I do with every patient that I've worked with is they get a multivitamin and we set, um, if you want to know if the multivitamins at a good potency, a good strength, you look at vitamin B5. Vitamin B5 is called panathenic acid and panathenic acid is key for adrenal health, adrenals producing cortisol that drives energy production at the cell level. I know that's a little, we're in the weeds a little bit. I know, I know. But what we're doing here is we're saying, well, what nutrients do we need to help the body produce energy? Well, that's a multivitamin and you're looking at vitamin B5 having at least 100 milligrams of it in your multivitamin per serving. That's how you know you have a good formulation. You take that multivitamin with food. And in this case, I would educate again, the, the patient with getting clean foods. I would not use any conventional produce. I would, I never use conventional produce anyway. I will not put that crap in my body. It's not medicine. It's poison. Um, I only eat organic produce and I only eat organic food really. I mean, every now and then if we're at a restaurant and there's something, you know, I, I I'll eat it, but if you put organic foods into a person's body, you're getting the closest you can to how they are supposed to taste. And when you're putting energy in the form of, or, or energy precursors in the form of a multivitamin in at the same time, now you're helping the body produce energy and you're supporting the most ideal enjoyment of the taste that would be associated with the fruits, vegetables, foods, coming in. So there's, you know, it does, do they cost a little bit more? Yes. But which it's what you, what's not in them. That's important. You're not eating the pesticides, which are very bitter mm. and make, and in my, quite frankly, when you haven't eaten them for a while, it's out absolutely disgusting um, to, you know, to, you don't, you don't realize how bad food really tastes until you stop eating the bad food for a while and only eat good food. So mm. the two recommendations, multivitamin and organic only for this person and you work with them. And here's another factor in this, Malcolm. And I, and I love that mom is reaching out here is we grab our kids and we love them and hug them and tell them that we're going to get through this. People need reassurance. People Amen. need encouragement. They need to know there's a plan in place, but that we're going to be there with them every single step of the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got to tell you, after that answer, I'm ready for a big burger and a nice side of fries with that. As long as it's organic, you got it, Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> now and then, not every day, but now and then. Uh, this next one is from uh, Michelle. My family is recovering uh, thanks to the early treatment. Uh, they all had COVID. Uh, do you recommend exercise after symptoms resolve. I am concerned oh. exercise may create further damage while the virus is still in the body. Speaking about the spoke pro spike protein, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Also, what medication supplements do you recommend post-recovery and for how long? Uh, mm -hmm. We are both age 45 and our kids are 10 and 13. How would you sum mm -hmm. that up? Oh, this is a great question. I love this question so much. Um, so I just did an audio on this on the Telegram channel for COVIDCon. Um, it's about a six minute audio, just explaining how the immune system works. Cause people are arguing, well, the antibodies are waning after a certain amount of months. Uh, yeah, that's because they're supposed to wane after a few months, because after you've recovered antibody levels in the bloodstream are supposed to go down because the memory 
of the previous infection isn't contained in the blood in via antibodies, it's contained in the blood via memory cells. So there's a little bit different process here, but check this out. There's this thing that happens when we get sick and you've probably, we've all experienced it, right? You get sick, you're feeling uncomfortable and you can't get, you can't get comfortable at night and you're kicking off the covers and you're tossing and turning, right? When you're feeling achy, right, Malcolm, mm -hmm. that's your body producing interferon and it's an antiviral. So it's blocking viral replication. I just had that on Friday night, right? And it's just like, okay, well, my body's doing what it's supposed to be doing. It, that's why I'm uncomfortable. Then the body will elevate and get a little bit of a fever because it's blocking replication that these are the body's innate mechanisms. And what it does is it buys the immune system, B cells and T cells, B cells that produce antibodies and T cells that are specific major killers. It, it gives them the opportunity to study the infection and learn how to kill it. Once it's, once the body has figured out how to kill it, what happens is the studying goes on in the lymph node. You want to think of the lymph node as a classroom. It's a classroom for your immune system. So once B cells and T cells are in there in the lymph nodes, once they figured out how to kill something, they start to multiply like crazy. That's why your lymph nodes swell. It's a great thing. And it's at that point that we do want to start moving, even if it's just a little bit, because when you move your body, it pumps those B cells and T cells that are ready to go kill. It pumps them back into the bloodstream so they can go on seek and destroy missions throughout the body for these, for the antigen, for the virus in this case, right? So when we're talking post-recovery, now the person has gotten over the infection, we have natural immunity established, it's going to be long-lived, it's going to be robust. There's over 150 studies that Dr. Paul Alexander and team has put together on this, right? Once you get to that point, okay, here's the idea. Yes, you want to move your body. Is it going to suck for a couple of days? Maybe, right? But you're going to feel better and better and better the more you move your body, especially if you're giving yourself what we just talked about previously, a multivitamin with great organic food, because what you're doing now is you're powering your body up to continue to restore and regenerate itself following the infection. All right. So in every scenario, you want to move your body. In every scenario, you want to make sure you're getting good rest. In every scenario, you want to make sure you're hydrated. And in every scenario, you want to make sure you are giving your body the nutrients it needs every day to be successful at its task. In this case, the task is recovery from the damage caused by the bioweapon, the spike protein. Yeah. There, there is so much we have learned about our bodies through this COVID exercise. Uh, it, it, I've learned so much, Dr. Ridley. It's stunning how much. And mm -hmm. I really think we become, in, in a really odd but really interesting sort of way, I think we become, as, as people, far more educated. Uh, if mm -hmm. there's a silver lining to this crazy COVID exercise that has been just treacherous for, for all of us, uh, last couple of years, we've learned so much from it that potentially we we become better stewards, I guess, of our bodies is what I would say, you know. Uh, Amen. I, I totally agree. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it here. Well, let me tell folks, we are talking to Dr. Henry Ely here, and this is our sixth Q&A here uh, with Dr. Henry Ely. And um uh, we have a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts come in, and there's some very specific ones that we'll get into in just moments here. 
got a lot more to talk about here. You know, Dr. Reedy says, get your body moving. He's exactly right. So I preach to you all the time about, and I know sometimes the weather is not perfect. I know sometimes it's, it's, it's not. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's frigid or, you know, ice cold or inclement weather. It's hard to get out, but you still can do other exercises and, and things to get your body moving. But I'm very convinced it makes such a difference uh, I, I know I've seen it in my own life, really, truly. So I really want to encourage you to take ownership. That'd be the best way I'd say it. Take ownership of your body uh, and do that by just, you know, I, I love taking walks that three, four miles. So beautiful, man. You know, just, just really, not be, I love being doing that with my wife. There's nothing better than that. Just getting out, no walls, no voices, no distractions, just blue sky, some trees, and you know, the people you meet along the sidewalks of life. I'm going to write a book about those sidewalks of life uh, soon enough, but I love that, love that, the people you meet along the journey. You know, good morning, good afternoon, how you doing? In addition to that, I take healthy cell, my, my friends, that's what I do. And I take all different variations, but they, it comes in gel form. A lot of people don't like pills. I don't have a problem with it, so I take both. I I, I'm not prejudiced against one or the other. I take both. I, I'll take the liquid, the gel, the nutraceuticals and the gel, and I'll take the pills with it, if you will. I, again, like Dr. Ely said, there's no, you're not going to do harm to your body when it comes to this sort of thing. So I take, yes, extra D and zinc and A and C, but I take the nutraceuticals. I take the healthy cell AM PM product. I take their multi every day. Uh, there are many things. And I also love their focus because a lot of us, and I was lucky not to be too much with this because it would have been a real problem here with the network and the shows I do, but brain fog, that's a real problem with COVID and long-term COVID effects. I know because my wife had struggled with that big time and others have as well. Uh, they have a product called Focus, and that'll help you big time. And that's gel form against nutraceutical. Put it in there in the water, a few ounces, and nothing to it. Sort of tangerine taste, uh, orange taste, really, really good stuff. Anyways, I recommend that. All our listeners get 20% off that first order. Just, uh, well, healthycell.com forward slash out loud is how you get it. I've been I've been taking Healthy Cell for four years, and... Um, you know, I'm a believer in it. That's why I tell you about it. And so anyway, so you can also see the banner ads on the on the apps or media player or back at America. I love Healthy Cell and I love the people behind Healthy Cell. They're our kind of people, if you know what I mean, friends. They're like our, our kind of people, meaning they, they care about other people. Humanity, it's what we're talking about here. It's an impact on humanity. That's why I, I love doing these Q&As as well. We'll take a quick pause here. We'll be back with a lot more questions here with Dr. Henry Ely. You're listening to The Voice of a nation. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. 
Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America Out Loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation, that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. We join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. And it's always a pleasure, a privilege of mine to be with you. Thank you for being with us on the mission here. Uh, it is a big mission and part of the mission here at America Out Loud. And I just had this conversation with someone just yesterday. It is about feeling good and it is about inspiring people. I don't want to beat people down all day long about the political riffraff. I mean, that's part of life. Yeah, but there's a whole lot more to life as well. And that's why I try to bring you this whole different look here. It's really a 360 look uh, at life. It's societal, it's cultural. Yeah, it's politics. I mean, you know, it is what it is, people. And it's health. It's it's our well-being. It's it's all these kinds of things. Um, this is our uh, Q&A here with Dr. Henry Ely. And uh, let's get started back into these questions here. And there's a few here now. This is going to, uh, I got to share some of these. Uh, well, all right, this, this next one here. There, there, there's a few sort of, I don't know what you want to call these, maybe the fan club. I don't know. This one's, I don't know these people, but they're terrific listeners. Obviously this one's from Bernadette. She says uh, all capital letters. I love Dr. Henry Ely with you all the way, man. That's from Bernadette. So remember that oh. Dr. Ely. Hey, Bernadette yeah, that's, super sweet. that's a, that's another one here from Catherine says first, I just want to say thank you for the wonderful work you guys are doing. I would like to get involved and help in some way. Oh, I live in Eugene, Oregon. This person does, mm-hmm. Catherine. And I, nice. I, I guess you know where that is, I assume. I, I do, a little bit south of me. Yeah. Okay, I know, I know you're mm-hmm. out that neck of the woods. I figured mm-hmm. you'd know. And I'm trying to find a local group but I couldn't find any. Are you aware of any group or anyone that I can reach out to here? My main focus is for schools to stop the COVID mandates, especially the mask mandates. I just can't sit around and do nothing anymore. Thank you so much, Dr. Ely, for everything you do. I don't know. Can we use Catherine's help somewhere, Dr. Ely? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Well, last week, Malcolm, we were really privileged to speak at the um, uh, state capitol in Salem, Oregon. Uh, Kevin Jenkins, Steve Kirsch, myself, uh, Ken and Cheryl, uh, Rutgers, Luke Yamaguchi. um, And it was put together by two organizations that I hope everybody will check out, especially and look for them in your states as well. Uh, First is uh, uh, Oregonians for Medical Freedom uh, is an organization to uh, check out. They were there. Another one would be um, California, uh, excuse me, Children's Health Defense uh, Oregon Chapter. And we're starting to see more children's health defense chapters uh, in each state as well. So I would look for those two to um, find some like-minded people and see where the work is already being done uh, and how you can plug yourself in to be a volunteer and, and help out. We need as much help as we can get. And uh, I'm sure you'd be welcomed with uh, open arms. Okay, perfect. All right, this one is from Lawrence from France. 
Uh, it says, I'm very grateful for all the content you share on uh, COVID and the vaccine secrets, etc., with great precision and accuracy on the platform. You're doing a great job in analyzing data for all of us. Hope we'll succeed in making the truth available to the world. Okay, so that's just, I, I, it wasn't a question, mm-hmm. but I wanted people to hear that people are paying attention from all over the world. And that was a, a comment here. Let me move on to Heidi, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, where can I get additional support for long-term COVID, uh, specifically for dizziness and vertigo? Thank mm-hmm. you. So kind of a follow-up mm-hmm. a little bit to what you were talking earlier. Right, Sam. right. So um, the the first thing is, uh, I, and I, I meant to mention this with the right, the question before, right before we went to break, Malcolm. You can go to covidcon21.com. That's c o v i d c o n as in Nancy two one dot com. Covidcon21.com, and you can go to free resources, and under there you will see early treatment, you'll see prevention, things like that. I, I purposely put together a lengthy list of things on there. So there's there's information for you for every situation, long haul and so forth. When we're talking about, again, um, it taking a long time to get back on your feet after a infection, that is a sure sign in my professional opinion of uh, severe nutrient deficiencies. So I would start um, if it was me with immune priming strategies and uh, which is one of the first things we have on our one of our free resources pages. Um, and I would make sure that I'm getting those nutrients in my body. And of course, these are educational purposes, only everything we're sharing here. So make sure you discuss it with your medical team to make sure that the decisions you're making are right for you. Um, so what I would do though, is that I would address the root cause. The root cause is severe nutrient deficiency in all likelihood. And I would start there and make sure that I have all the key nutrients from multivitamin and probiotics with bifidobacterium um, in in me, as well as the vitamin D, C, A, uh, vitamin E, and zinc as well. And when we put those things together and we give the body time, you wanna understand that the body, we're very intimately related because of our water content to the moon. Um, And I know this might sound a little hokey, don't care. All right. Our body heals in 28 day cycles. So when you start something, you want to really measure not on a day in and day out basis because you drive yourself crazy. You want to measure, do I feel better at the end of this 28 day cycle than I did at the beginning? Because that's going to be the truth for you. So journaling is very important. Tracking your sensations, your symptoms for improvement um, and things like that can be very important. But I'm gonna tell you, Malcolm, it all comes down to nutrients. The two things that we have to do to get through this COVID crisis, this nonsense is one, educate people on how to care for their bodies using nutrition. And number two is to expose the fraud. Mm, We're doing both. And it's a great mm-hmm. follow-up to this question uh, quickly from uh, Marjorie. Uh, and this gives me an idea, actually, her question. Her question is very simple. What mm-hmm. is the suggested treatment for long-haul COVID-19? Now, pause mm-hmm. right there a moment. Now, let me say this. I've not, I've not heard that question put as simply as Marjorie just put it. So I really appreciate her asking that because I haven't really heard it said that way. A, mm-hmm. for the long haul COVID-19, what I would suggest to you, and I mean, if there's a quick answer to that, surely reveal it now, but otherwise, I think that would be an outstanding post we should get on the platform here. Uh, the, I mean, that would be, people would 
come to this by Rose here. What is the suggested treatment for long haul COVID-19? I suggest a longer format, something we should push out there. But how would you answer that in the short? Um, the answer in the short is, yeah, I, I'll happy to write something up for it. Um, we have something on the covidcon21.com website. Really what it amounts to, Malcolm, is everything that we've already discussed for immune priming and early treatment, that you keep doing it. I think one of the things that we've seen clinically is people start feeling better and then they have a tendency to stop doing the things that are helping them feel better. Um, so one of the one of the advice I just gave to a patient this weekend who uh, we finally got him to turn the corner after a couple of days of strong nutrient therapy because um, he was struggling uh, pretty bad. Um, once we got him to turn the corner, my advice to him was, okay, your job is to keep doing this same nutrient regimen for at least one week after you have, you, you feel like you're totally better because we've seen people relapse back in and it's not necessarily, and I, I don't know why, I, I mean, cause there, I have a few theories on it. Um, but ultimately when we get into long haul, um, you know, it's, it's something where we have to understand this isn't long haul, meaning that a person is still infectious. It means that there's been significant damage um, due to the spike protein and that it's going to take time to heal that damage up. But that time frame for healing is going to be extended in the absence of nutrients. Okay. All right. This next one is a little bit of a turn, but I, I think it's important. And um, this is from Mary, and she says, thank you for everything you're doing to get the truth out. My husband recently died in the hospital. <laughs> he was being treated for COVID at home for three weeks until he couldn't maintain his oxygen level. <laughs> when the EMS picked him up, he told uh, them that he didn't want remdesivir and didn't want to be put on a ventilator. When he arrived at the ER, he again told them of his wishes. When I called the ER and spoke to the nurse, I asked if they were aware of his wishes, and they said yes. I recently read his medical records, and I saw that he was, that he was given remdesivir. This is very frustrating because this is one of the several red flags regarding his care. It's a blatant violation of his rights as a patient, and it's one of several. These so-called doctors need to be stopped and held accountable for their actions. I asked an attorney, and he said if I wanted to file for malpractice, I'd need to get a doctor to review his medical records and support or agree that there was malpractice involved. He said they're hard to find. Is there a list of doctors or and attorneys that I can contact to help me or guide me along the way? Or is this just such a long shot and should I forget about it? First of all, my, my condolences, Mary. Yeah, Mary, my condolences to you. Um, I, I wouldn't let this go. I, I, I know me, I'm, I'm right now for my family member that um, I know was killed in, um, in the hospital. We are uh, now having a, doing a full autopsy of the body so we can confirm um, malpractice um, and, and go after this, the people and the system um, on this. Um, I think you are well within your rights to file a complaint of malpractice at the state level with the state board, especially for the doctor that prescribed remdesivir. I think it's important for you to make it known that remdesivir was prescribed and there is a financial incentive for hospitals to do so. I think it's important for you to make note that your 
the patient bill of rights was not honored and therefore the doctor and the hospital are in violation of ethics um, that are essential to keeping the trust strong between patients and doctors and, and the entire system. And um, I think that if you put it out there um, and do your homework, you will find attorneys and doctors who will support you on this. Um, I do know at one point in time that um, CHD, Children's Health Defense National and Children's Health Defense uh, California chapter we're compiling lists of attorneys who would be willing to support you on this. And if you get in touch with an attorney, I'm sure they have a list of network of doctors who um, they can call on to corroborate and substantiate what you've seen in the medical records. So um, I, I would say to you, do not under any circumstances give up on this. If your heart is calling on you to fight this and fight for your husband, that is your husband and God speaking to you and honor that call to service and take it as far as you possibly can. Yes. This angers me um, more than I can suggest to you right now. It really angers me. Okay. Me What's going on here? This is something we've never seen before in that I recall anyways in my lifetime that I can recall where an entire industry like this, in this particular case, the healthcare, where there's been such a confrontation in the industry itself and a divide within the practice of medicine to the degree that there is, we've never seen anything like this. And it's it still boggles the mind. I mean, it, it's hard to wrap your arms around this, people. I get it. I totally, totally get this. And, you know, I want to tell you right now, this comes up a lot, what just I just shared with you from, from Mary, God bless her, and the fact that people are losing their loved ones forever. Let me explain to everybody, death is permanent. It doesn't come back here once they're gone. It sucks what's happened here, and it out, it's outrageous that this is still going on. Now, I had a, a lady on Viewpoint this Sunday, this past weekend, Dr. Dawn Michael, as an example. And she is uh, she's married to an MD, very uh, on the front lines, uh, like many of us, Dr. Ely, have been. And Dr. Dr. Abilio Ramos, a medical doctor, MD in California there. And he was on the front lines helping everybody with COVID and everything for uh, two years. And he was getting his protocol, forcing it into the hospital at Los Robles Hospital, forcing them to use this proper protocol and not them remdesivir and this horrible thing they're doing to people, um, getting them on ventilators. And he died. Against their wishes, they gave him the doctor, the medical doctor. They gave him the people he knew in the hospital he served. They gave him remdesivir. He died of kidney failure. Guess what remdesivir does? It gives you kidney failure. Right? Now, so you would ask, well, is there, well, of course there's a suit there. She wants to get a class action suit. So let me say this. Dr. Dawn Michael wants to get a class action suit. Now, here's the thing. You want to hear that interview? She is a delight, an absolute delight. It's on Viewpoint this Sunday, my weekly news magazine. If, if you're not listening to that, tune in. Sundays 10 and 6. 
This is just where we bring the truth seekers out and the people out there. And it's a fast-paced news magazine, 10 and 6 on America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's on podcast, goes to podcast Sunday afternoon. It's on the front page of America Out Loud. Go listen to Dawn Michael. And, and by the way, Dr. Ely, I'm going to have Dr. Dawn Michael on later this week for a full, because I was so impressed with her, for a full hour on the voice of a nation. So I want to encourage all of you. So she's this lady is a powerhouse. She's not going to settle. She's not going to step back. She's going to put together a class action suit across this country and she's going to jam it to them. You know what I mean by jam it to them? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I have a good idea. Yeah. Right. Well, that's it. And I'll be polite as I can be, but she's, mm-hmm. and I'm going, and I'll support this woman all I can. You'll see, I'm going to put banners up and stuff on the site. You better believe I will. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all about the forces of good here. What's mm-hmm. happened is wrong. Her husband died just like Mary's unnecessarily from malpractice and evil forces, a brutal evil forces, disrespecting the human body and somebody's wishes. Where the hell are we living here on a far distant planet of of aliens of some sort what's going on what's 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 going on is insanity Mm. and people so Mm. you know what i've seen recently malcolm people realize that this is wrong when you have bill maher and you have folks like that coming out and doing it and and i want to say i want to give props to bill maher right He's somebody I don't agree with many of his stances politically or as you know, or where he stands on faith and children and stuff like that at all. What we're seeing though, in that, in the progressive movement in the liberals is that they don't like where they are. They know they're not there. They know they're in the wrong, but now what they have to do is backpedal without admitting guilt. And they have to backpedal without having to deal with, because this is a tough thing for people to process who've been wrong on this, that, their being wrong has led to people dying in droves. And that's a, that's a tough thing for them to square. And I respect that. But I'm going to tell each person out there who's struggling with that right now, you have to do it. You have to for, be, have the courage to forgive yourself for being wrong. This is the greatest propaganda campaign ever unleashed upon the world in human history. The most well-funded, the most well-coordinated The greatest lies ever told have been told right now. And it's not your fault you were lied to. It only becomes your fault if you know you're being lied to and you continue to go along with the lie. Mm -hmm. Have the courage to admit you were wrong. Have the courage to start doing what's right. This one is another one that touched my heart in ways that I can't describe. Uh, From Teresa. I have a friend with a seven-year-old son that just passed away. The parents posted that their son had asymptomatic COVID one month ago. From that, out of the blue, he developed heart inflammation and became very ill in a manner of hours. He went into cardiac arrest in the ICU and passed on despite 40 minutes of efforts to revive him. He was completely healthy just days before he passed uh, just a couple of weeks back here. My question is, is this a correct diagnosis and can this happen from an asymptomatic COVID to a seven-year-old with no prior issues? Speaking about this uh, from this uh, uh, developed heart inflammation became very ill in a matter of hours. Um, hard to say, isn't it, Dr. Ely? Huh? Well, yeah, with that, with the amount of information we have, hard to say, but let's let's cover a couple of things real quickly here. Number one, did he ha- did he get the shot? 
because if you got the shot, you don't really need to look any further than that. Okay. Uh, number two, if this is a asymptomatic case uh, that ultimately uh, progressed into myocarditis or pericarditis with no um, involvement of the experimental shots, it was just from a confirmed infection, then this would be in the in these last two years, the first confirmed case of such thing happening in that age group. Um, I'm speaking specifically under 17. There was one obscure reference that I read in a, in a clinical study of a 13 year old uh, who didn't have myocarditis, but had something, some other severe thing that came up. But when you delve into that case, the 13 year old had severe pre-existing conditions. So that, you know, you couldn't really look at it. So my first question is, did the boy get the shot? My second question is, was an autopsy performed? Because an autopsy is a definitive that will be able to rule in, rule out myocarditis, pericarditis. You have to be careful about these kinds of situations because if it's just a doctor speculating, saying that, oh, it's asymptomatic. Well, can, did we do any antibody tests to confirm that it was a false positive or that it wasn't a false positive PCR? Did we do any viral load testing to confirm that there actually was presence of, of replication competent virus in the body? Because without that, it's just speculation and people saying what they want. And typically when people are saying what they want, there's an agenda behind it. And where there's an agenda behind it, typically there's funding behind it. And when there's funding behind it, it's usually to make people afraid of something. It's called evil. That's what it's called, evil. Yep. I love the way Dr. Ely puts it right out there, right there. Uh, it's an evil plan. Uh, potentially, Teresa will probably, if she hears this, and I assume she will, because we email every questionnaire back, every listener we email directly so they know to listen in on talk radio to hear the program. Uh, potentially, she'll follow up and let us know that, I, you know, she didn't say whether he was vac vaccinated or not. I, I assume from this, it sounded like he was, but really can't assume anything. So perhaps she'll let us know in a future podcast. Again, uh, my program you're listening to now, The Voice of a Nation, uh, catch me every day here uh, at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, on the Eastern Seaboard. But here is anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio uh, and on our apps. Our apps are very cool. Apple, Android, Alexa, because they work, uh, basically is why they're cool. Uh, <laughs> they're functioning. You have a great cool media player as well. If you click the Listen Live button back there, it is really very cool. It's I think it's second to none. Uh, I think you'll agree once you... And it, again, it's another thing that works seamlessly. Anyway, 6 and 10. There's an encore 10 p.m. as well, Eastern time. But again, we have a lot of Australian friends, European friends, all over the world. People listen to the network and surely from sea to shine and sea back here in the States as well. Uh, we're on the front lines talking about uh, liberty and justice for everybody all around the world. And uh, send me your stories, your ideas you have as well. Uh, lib liberty at americaoutloud.com. Thank you, my fellow Americans and our fellow citizens around the globe here. It's time to get involved and get loud.